Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to our number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. We indeed are at the Esquire, and thanks to all the folks that came out on a rather chilly night, we appreciate that. Phone line is open as well, 217-356-9397. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk some Illinois baseball with head coach Dan Hartlib. First, some headlines. A new uh, ratings came out today, basketball ratings. Neither Illinois team is in the top 25, but both are close. The women are 26th this week, and the men are 28th. So they're both getting votes. Just think of it as a, a top 28 poll this week, and and then Illinois is ranked. So there's Aren't they uh, in the coaches' poll? You know, we don't I, I didn't look at that. Yeah, they're ranked, I think they're 25, the coaches' poll. So I, I did Bob, some Bob is the only person that checked that in I Champaign. did. As, as, that's right, 25th. The men or the women? Men. Okay. Men are 25th. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, it's, uh, you it, can't it's, dispute that. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, uh, I guess, a little surprising the women dropped out of the, the AP Top 25. Uh, I know they had a bad loss last Thursday night to Purdue at home by 10, but Purdue turned around and, and beat Ohio State uh, this past on, on yesterday on, on Sunday. And, and Purdue didn't get in either. Exactly. Uh, those stingy AP voters. Um, but, yeah, they're the first team receiving votes. Uh, they've got 45 points total. And then uh, the men are, yeah, like you said, Steve, 20th or the third team in, in the receiving votes. Missouri's ahead of them, uh, Charleston as well. Uh, but if Illinois just keeps stacking wins, uh, which the men have done recently, uh, winning six or the last seven, got a great chance Tuesday night with Nebraska coming to Champaign for a 6 p.m. tip at State Farm Center. And then uh, it's kind of a, a tough game. It's never easy to go into Carver-Hawkeye and, and come out with a win. Uh, Iowa looked really good yesterday, and it's 93-82 win against Rutgers, uh, but if you beat Nebraska and Iowa in the same week, you'd have to think Illinois would get back in, in the top 25, and again, a lot is dependent, too, on what happens to, to other teams, but uh, both programs trending in the right direction, so that's an encouraging sign, to say the least. And both are tied for third in uh, the Big Ten race. The muddled, muddled Big Ten race. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Big Ten on the men's side is really muddled, and uh, the Illini women play at Michigan 
this week, and they're tied with Michigan in the ratings. Yeah, Michigan's uh, ranked 18th in, in the country. Uh, they're one of five Big Ten team, Big Ten women's teams that are, are ranked in the top 25. So if Illinois can can go to Ann Arbor and, and pull off a win at the Chrysler Center, that uh, should bode well for them. Uh, they've got a home game next Saturday against Minnesota. So if both Illinois men and women go 2-0 and this week, I know it's a tall ask, but if they both do that, I think next Monday – when we're sitting here, you're probably looking at two teams that are back in the top 25 rankings and not in the imaginary top 28 rankings that I just made up here. The Illini men have won six of their last seven heading into that game tomorrow night against uh, Nebraska. Six o'clock start, by the way. Originally it was set for 6.30, but it was a couple of weeks ago moved up a half an hour to help uh, with the Northwestern rescheduling, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, in a roundabout yeah. way. Yeah, exactly, with uh, Northwestern going on that uh, that mini COVID pause uh, for two weeks, kind of forced some, some reshuffling of the schedules, and uh, you saw that with Illinois moving up uh, a half hour early on, on Tuesday night. All good. All good. We like that. Don't sure. The, the earlier, the better. I'm fine oh, with yeah, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If the yeah. games are three in the, three in the afternoon, I'm good. Spoken by a couple of newspaper men with yes. deadlines. <laughs> 100% accurate. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm all with you for on that as well. Especially after going through about, I think, seven or eight games this year that started after 8 p.m. 8 p.m., yeah. Those are, uh, those, are, those are nail-biting ones for sure. Those are some of the headlines of the day. We're going to talk to Illinois baseball in just a moment. A shout-out and happy birthday to Shorty Eichelberger today. She's celebrating a birthday. She was wise and decided to stay home where it's warm on this cold Monday night, but... Uh, we look forward to seeing her again, but uh, very happy birthday to her. Yeah, I mean, Shorty's uh, an icon, uh, a legend. Uh, miss seeing her around here at the Esquire, but I uh, know she'll be back as soon as she can. And uh, just, you know, her, her smile and her constant enthusiasm is uh, is just a welcome sight to see each and every Monday. So happy birthday, Shorty. When you get a stadium named after you, that's a good thing. That's important. I'm important. She's not saying that. She no, she'd, she'd be the last that. person to she say that. She probably didn't want sure. that, but, but so good that they named that park mm-hmm. after her, never her husband. We've got a lot of sports uh, on the air tonight besides this show, and following this show we have the News Gazette Prep Basketball Hoops Report. Yeah, I've got to Did get, I get that close uh, to Yeah, that? you got a close to I don't know. I got to memorize that. I got to be on air for that in 47 minutes. So I got to I got to leave here uh, a little bit early. Uh, Colin Likas, our, our hardworking Preps coordinator, who's also been filling in on, on the Illinois beat this past month, is on a well-deserved vacation skiing in Colorado right now. Uh, like I tell him every year, just avoid the trees, and I think he's doing that so far. So uh, I got to dip out of here a little early, but I uh, got some some guests on tonight. St. Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall and two of his seniors, Ty Pence and McGuire Atwood, are stopping by our studio. And then uh, Champaign Central girls basketball coach Poncho Moore and, and two of his seniors, uh, Abby Boland and uh, Navian Essien, are uh, slated to stop by as well. So uh, check that out, 6 to 7, here on these airwaves. And then coming up at 7 o'clock is the Brad Underwood Show from Papa Dell's Pizza Factory. Of course, uh, joined by Brad Underwood, Brian Barnhart, and Shauna Green will be there tonight as well. Also a shout-out to Scott Ritchie, who is not with us tonight. His grandfather passed away, so he is attending that service today, or is that? Do you know? I believe Decatur. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just uh, thoughts and, uh, and prayers to, to the Ritchie family. And uh, I know Scott uh, had a close relationship with his grandpa, but uh, he'll be back full go on, on the Illinois beat. So if uh, you see him tomorrow night at State Farm Center, make sure to, to say hello to him. It is moving up on 515. We'll take our first break. Then we'll talk some Illinois baseball with 
veteran coach Dan Hartlib in just a moment. Stay with us on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Colin Likas from the News Gazette. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock for Prep Basketball Confidential. Right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We are back at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, yours truly, Steve Kelly. Come down to the Esquire anytime for homemade soups every day of the week for lunch or dinner at the Esquire, 106 North Walnut Street in Champaign. Everybody say hi to Dan Hartlub, Illinois baseball coach, beginning his 18th season as head coach in 18 days. So it's coming, <laughs> ready or not. That was good math, Steve. That was very impressive. I didn't realize it was 18 days starting away. Yeah. I think it's I'm right close on that. There you go. Yeah. It's right around the corner. We, we play on February 17th, so it's here. So how are you feeling about it? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you got a nice new facility to work out in, don't you? We have a great facility. Uh, the facility's made a huge difference. Uh, the the atmosphere is absolutely awesome. Uh, the netting system and all the cages and technology, I mean, it's state of the art. And so we're very fortunate to have that. The Atkins family, uh, you know, with the lead gift and then a number of other people that helped. Uh, it, it's it's just, uh, it, it, I think we'll see it make a huge difference over a two or three year period when guys can stack day after day after day. You know, doing extra work in there. Uh, it's already paying dividends because we've got a lot of young players that that have done a really good job preparing. Uh, the the thing that that uh, I think it's done, you know, in the short term, uh, it's just created a bond between the players. Uh, they're in there all the time doing extra work. They're in there together on their own. Uh, they're holding each other accountable. It, it's it's been awesome. Are you coming around to the technology and the analytics and everything that's going on these days? Well, I don't think you have a choice but to come around to it. Uh, th- there's a lot of things you can learn, obviously, from the technology, and there's some things I like. Uh, I don't think, uh, well, I-, I think you have to be careful how you use it. You know, technology, w- when you use the tech ch- technology in the practice situation, it gives you feedback, and it also gives you feedback in games. But if guys are playing to light up the technology and not playing to win, you have an issue. And so I think the technology is great for the coaches, and I think it's dangerous for the players. And so, you know, we, we need to be careful how we use the technology and, and uh, the things that we allow them to do. Uh, but I think from a teaching standpoint, if, if they'll accept things in the proper manner, it can be very, very advantageous for us. Dan, what technology is available at the new Atkins Center, and can you explain it in layman's terms? <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it. <laughs> so uh, we have a number of different systems. One's a TrackMan system, and, and basically what that does, um, if you've ever seen the Golf Channel, and it shows a golf shot, and it basically outlines the shape of the shot and how far it goes. It, it, 
tells us uh, distance, launch angle, exit velocity, a, a number of other things. Uh, it will tell you spin rate. Uh, it, it tells you, you know, the different breaks of the pitches, both the depth and, and the angle. I mean, it, it basically will tell you everything that happens with a baseball. Um, and so within the facility, we have three of those that are portable. Out on the game field, we have one that, that uh, is mounted up on the press box. So we, we have that information on all games. Uh, we have a system called Hit Tracks, and, and Hit Tracks is <laughs> it's basically a glorified video game, is about what it amounts to. <laughs> it, it's a little system that uh, sits in one of the cages. Uh, it has a camera system so guys can take a swing, look up. It's got a slight delay. They can see their swing, but then. It's got a number of different stadiums that you can put up, and you can put it on different levels everywhere from Little League to professional. Uh, it, you can pick which, uh, which field you want. So eventually the, the company will have our field on there. Uh, right now we put uh, – uh, you know, uh, it used to be TD Ameritrade. It's not anymore, but uh, the, the field in Omaha for the College World Series, that's what we have right now on the screen. And it basically will show you every time you hit a ball, where you hit it, would it be a hit. Uh, you can, w with younger kids, you can change things where they get a power boost. And you can basically play games with it. Now, obviously, well, I shouldn't say that's not what we do. That's not what we as coaches do. I don't know what the players are doing. They were probably in there on Little League with boost trying to hit them 500, you know, 500 feet out of a 200-foot uh, stadium. Uh, but it... it it's projected on a screen, and uh, you know it's it's a kind of a fun way to see exactly what the result is of each and every swing. Uh, we have uh, some technology called Rapsodo, and that's both the pitching and hitting. That's very very similar to TrackMan, just a different type of system. Uh, we have a camera. It's a ten thousand dollar camera that's uh, called Edgetronics, and you can hook that with TrackMan. And what that does, uh, it's it's used more for pitchers, but you can get a frame-by-frame frame shot, and it will show how the seam actually comes off the fingertip and the rotation. And it's, I mean, it's amazing how many frames you get per second. Uh, we're going to have a video system. It's not hooked up yet, but we have everything in in uh, in our possession. It's called Spidio, and. Spidio is a system that uh, is mainly used for soccer, and then they're getting into some other sports. And so we'll have six different cameras uh, mounted that have 180-degree views. And what it allows us to do is, number one, is save video anytime that we're in there using it. Uh, it'll be in a cloud system. And I know that's not layman's terms. That means it's saved somewhere that we don't know. Uh, and at one given time, you can hook up as many iPads to it as you want. So if I'm working with a hitter, I can actually pan in on them while the same camera system will pan in on a pitcher if the pitching coach is, is using them. So it gives us many different options. Um, we, we have a, um, a machine that has a barrel feeder, and so guys can stand down at an end where, you know, where they're going to hit, and they can turn that on, and it'll feed to them. And then we have a $16,000 pitching machine. That That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> this is a pitching machine. This thing, it's amazing. You had to put two balls in it and make sure that it's um, regulated in the middle of the strike zone. And then from that point on, you can, you can put different uh, sequences in, and it will it'll basically pitch to you. You can throw an inside fastball at 
you know, 92 miles an hour, and then it, you can follow it by an 81 mile an hour slider, and, and it's very accurate. You can make it throw ball strikes. We use it for a number of different things. It's tough. It's really tough. Does that so, run up quarters? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Stuff the quarters. Well, I'm, I'm, try, I'm, trying, I'm trying to see if we can use that pitching machine for our Friday night starter because <laughs> it, it would be nasty. Awesome. It'd be go. nasty. And we, don't, we don't take quarters either. It's only hundreds. Yeah, so you can come go. on over. There you go. Did you have to take a crash course for dummies on how all of this operated? Not that you're not a smart guy, Dan. I'm not sure I know how it all operates. I know what it does, but I don't know how it <laughs> operates. Uh, it, it was interesting. I, I, I basically sat down with our coaches, and I just said, give me a wish list of everything that you would like to have in the facility, and we have the, the money to do it, but – I don't want to bring something in and us use it one month and never use it again. So do your homework. Tell me why you want it. Tell me what it does, and then we'll, we'll discuss it. And so to this point, we spent um, about $250,000 on technology and or equipment in the indoor. I mean, that's not netting or anything else. And all that money was raised through our dugout club. And so that, that was, you know, great generosity by a lot of people throughout the community. Uh, both with sponsorships and then a big fundraiser we do each year. And, uh, you know, it, it's put us in a position to have one of the nicest indoor facilities in the country. Coach, we grew up with batting an average and DRA and all that stuff. What are the newer stats we talk about are valuable to, to a coach? What do you care about? If you look at one number that tells you a lot about what your team, what's going on, there's a couple. I'm going back to the basics. I, I still – you have to put the ball in play. Okay. And so I think I think you need to keep strikeouts down. Uh, I look at on-base percentage. Okay. And, you know, the, the, there's so many things that technology can't tell you and stats can't tell you. If if we have a runner on second and no outs, somebody's going to give themselves up and hit a ground ball to the right side to get the runner to third base so you can score them without getting a hit. That's not in a stat. Right. Right? Good I point. mean, it, it's not. Um, I mean, you can break it down in, in moving runners and all different things. But um, – Again, that goes back to I think there's things we can learn from a statistical standpoint, but it doesn't mean it's a great player. Uh, I, I still uh, – what's happened in Major League Baseball, and you look at the scouting departments and some of the coaching and managing, they've gone strictly with analytics. And I think we're going to swing back to where you're going with analytics and you have to go with the human element. Hmm. The human element right exactly. now is lost in, in a lot of things athletically. Uh, you look at some great players that are always traded at the major league level or, or in any sports, there's generally one or two things that's wrong. One, it's either a clubhouse issue because they can't get along with anybody, or the other issue is they can't produce in clutch, clutch situations. They'll produce all day when it doesn't really matter. Gotcha. And when it matters, whether it's the playoffs, big games, whatever it is, they don't produce. And so um, the human element to me is more important than the statistical stuff. Do you have a, an analytic – technical director or somebody that really gets that that kind of is in charge of analyzing the information we have a number of students that help us and and they they don't get paid we've got uh, a couple guys that uh, well it started probably about four or five years ago and uh with with one piece of equipment that we had and it's it's now snowballed into we have at times four or five six students that come in and are, are trying to uh, help us and learn to process the information, and it may lead to uh, careers for them. So, yes, there's people much, much smarter than our entire coaching staff sitting in there trying to help us uh, get things straight. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the personnel. You've got some veterans back. You've got a lot of new faces 
on the roster as well. Start with some of the returning guys you're excited about. Well, I think first of all the the uh, pitching staff um, it, it's it has some uh, some depth. Uh, we do have some experience there. You, know, you look at some guys like uh, uh, Riley Gallons, uh, Jack uh, Crowder, uh, Tyra Barchek, um, Jack Winninger. I mean, you've got some guys there that, that have some innings uh, in some crucial games, and so I'm excited about those guys. Uh, Joe Glass, he's a guy that's really improved for us. I've got a lot of young talent, uh, some new faces there. From an offensive standpoint, uh, you know, the three guys that, that have been highly productive uh, over time for us, you've got Brandon Camilla back, uh, Cam McDonald, and Danny Dollegale. Uh, you know, our middle infield's back with uh, Cal Hesia and, and Brody Harding. So th there's a number of players that, that we have back. Um, we, we, we do have some youth, and uh, we, we, we're going to need to grow up in a hurry. And when I say that, I, I think we're talented. Uh, we're going to ask some guys to take on some new roles, which uh, we'll see how that, that kind of plays out. If you look back at what we did in the fall, I thought the first three, three weeks of the fall we did a great job in some areas, especially offensively. I, I was really comfortable with where we were going to be pitching-wise, but was concerned about our offense. First three weeks we were great. Then we played outside competition, and our youth showed because we tried to do things that we're not capable of doing or tried to do too much. And, and great players play with a calm, and they don't try to do more than they do every day in practice. And so when I say we need to grow up, we're going to need to grow up in a hurry. I mean, we play Wake Forest the first weekend, and uh, they're ranked sixth in the country. We're going to grow up in a hurry. And we're going to find out who's capable of growing up. I think I counted 36 players on the roster. Is that number higher than it used to be? And is it still a, a carryover from COVID? Uh, yes, the carryover could be 40, and we have 36. The, I mean, there, there's some things that are nice about depth, but the bottom line is you can't play 36 players. And, you know, there's some young guys that, that we need to. You just have, like, four doubleheaders back to back to back. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I'm losing my hair. I'd have it gone <laughs> if we had four doubleheaders every, every week. Uh, it, so I think there's – there's that sweet spot with the number. I'm very comfortable 35. We start getting much above that. I, I think it's very difficult to get guys, you know, the playing time. And, you know, some guys aren't patient with the development portion of it either. And uh, the transfer portal is, is kind of, you know, expedited some of those things. And so uh, I know the NCAA is trying to go to a 40-man roster. I'm happy with 35. How have you seen the transfer portal and NIL affect your sports in the last – 18 months to two years or so? Well, affecting the overall sport, it's been a major factor. Uh, you've seen a lot of the, the better players at, at places that end up uh, where, where a lot of the NIL money is, is rampant in, uh, in college athletics and in baseball. Uh, so it has had a major effect. On our program, it, it has not had you know, that big of an effect. Uh, you know, we, we haven't uh, had anybody jump out of the program that, that we wanted to be there. And so I'm, I'm proud of that fact. It'll happen at some point. You know, somebody think the grass is greener. Um, the, the thing that I really don't like about the transfer portals, we've gotten away from education. Um, you know, anytime you transfer, your hours don't all transfer, and, and we're getting to a point where guys aren't graduating, and, and so it's a bad system. NILs cause part of that because it's so easy to transfer, and then somebody pays you to come in for one year, and, you know, you, you – 
you just don't you, you're going to see graduation rate, rates drop in all sports across the country and so i think it's a bad system right now um but you know it's a system we have to to live within and play within and, and we've got some good transfers that have come in uh the nil money uh from our standpoint we, we haven't gone deep into that yet uh you know some things that i hope we can do in the future maybe increase um scholarship money per se you know, I, I hope some guys can get money towards education. I, I'm not sure I'm 100 percent, you know, for a guy getting a million dollars, it's going to be there for a year. If he's worth a million, though, he may be pretty good. So maybe I changed my mind. Well, if he's that good, he might be here turning pro as soon as he can, too. He, he would. Yeah. He would. Yeah. Talk about some of the newcomers, some names we might uh, get familiar with as the season goes along. You're really testing me now. You, you said I was a veteran coach, which means old. When you get old, you lose your memory. So this may be a little bit more difficult. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm going to give you some generalities because, uh, you know, there, there's some guys. The, the, the thing is so tough about newcomers. I have a picture of what they can do, but until you face a different team, different color uniform, you really don't know what they can do. Uh, I think we have some really good young arms and some guys that I'm excited about. And if they can settle into some things early, it's going to give us great depth. And a couple guys that I think, you know, within a year could could uh, challenge guys in the one or two spots in our rotation or even be, you know, kind of a shutdown closer. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, we, we have a couple guys that were transfers, uh, not necessarily younger guys, but transfers that I think will step in and, and give us uh, some depth and maybe maybe even a starter or two. Uh, so I am pleased with the, the group that we have. You know, we, we lost a guy or two of the draft and uh, one that, that flipped and is going elsewhere to play football that, that we thought we'd have this year, uh, which, which I thought would have been impact guys for us. But that, that's part of what we deal with and everybody else deals with. A 51-game schedule is out there. Uh, hopefully you'll get all those in. Never know in uh, spring ball, but uh, the first home day is middle of March, so that means you're playing several games away from home down south or out west, which for obvious reasons, right? You mentioned right. Uh, Wake Forest coming up. Talk about some of the other teams you'll see outside of the Big Ten. Uh, we, we've got uh, a very, very good early schedule. So the first weekend's a four-game uh, uh, should I say a series? We're playing four games: two against Wake Forest, two against Youngtown State. Uh, now I'm not sure what order, because honestly, I know who we play the first weekend. The second weekend doesn't matter. Uh, spoken, the, the other spoken like that, a veteran coach. It, it is true. Uh, I know that the other places we go, I'm just not exactly sure of the order. We go to Southern Miss, and Southern Miss is a top 20 team, uh, so they'll be very, very good. Uh, we play at. Uh, Sam Houston, and so, you know, all those Texas schools are very, very good and always in the tops of their league. And then uh, we go to Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina has been a top 25 team year in and year out. So we'll, uh, we'll have some guys, uh, you know, that, or we have a group that will have to mature because of the teams we're playing early, and, and I like that. I, I don't want to play a bunch of teams that – you, you aren't challenged and don't have to improve and don't have to play in a high level. If, if you play those teams and beat them, uh, you're supposed to beat them, but I don't think it prepares you for where you want to be at the end of the year. Dan, how do you handle the setup of your starting rotation, knowing you know you want these three guys on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe your thoughts before the season on that, and how does that evolve throughout the course of a season? Well, the competition's always fluid, and, and I think uh, you – you have to 
you know, try to give guys roles. Um, I'm always hopeful that we have a number one that can be a stable number one and, and really stands out. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll try to establish that the first weekend or two. You know, you're, you're assuming that everybody stays healthy, um, and, and the experience factor is huge. Uh, is there, you know, is there a specific way that we go about it each and every year? It's just open competition, and, and uh, we have a pretty good feel as we go through the fall and then into the winter, and we try to set things up with the start of practice, which we started on the 15th of January. We try to set kind of a, a rotation of what we think could happen um, the first few weekends because it's very, very difficult to take a guy from a Sunday start and flipping back to a Friday start. So we hope we're close, yet if you have a surprise, you figure out how by the start of the uh, Big Ten season to get them in order. Going back to all that technology, we, we discussed at the, at the top, how does that affect recruiting? Obviously, a lot of the guys you're going, especially on the pitching side, they obviously are at these you know, showcase events, premier tournaments, where I'm assuming the technology is there at all. But if you, say, go out to just a regular high school game in the spring, they may not have spin rates and all that data available. How have you seen that kind of change in the past few years at all? Well, a lot of the bigger tournaments and, and uh, some of the groups, uh, the, basically the, I'll call them recruiting uh, services per se, uh, with prep baseball report mm -hmm. and uh, uh, perfect game. Mm -hmm. When you go to their tournaments, they generally have a lot of the technology set up so you can you know get the information off each and every pitcher and each and every hitter. Uh, the, the radar guns, uh, a year and a half, two years ago, um, they went to a new radar gun that will give you the velocity and it also gives you a spin rate of each pitch. So we are gaining more information uh, from a, from a uh, you know, recruiting standpoint. Uh, it's huge to have some of that information uh, because I think it helps you project. Uh, and from the standpoint of us actually having the technology that we can use, I think it's important because athletes have been brought up around the technology, and if you don't have it, I think uh, you know it, it can deter kids from, from coming into your program. So I, I feel good about what we have and what we've done to try to you know, help secure better and you know, more advanced athletes. Coach, the majors are tinkering with shifts and defense and telling you what you can and can't do. What's your thoughts on that? Is it going to come to college as well? That's an interesting uh, question, and I've got mixed feelings on the whole thing. Uh, to me, I think in all athletics, agents have changed the game. And the reason I think agents have changed the game is, you know, they dictate what you get paid for. They dic right. dictate the negotiations. And so you see more strikeouts and, and guys trying to hit more home runs. doesn't mean they necessarily have more RBIs. It doesn't mean they necessarily – um, win more games, but that's what dictates salary. And so when it dictates salary, that's what the players do so they can earn more money. To me, the way to get rid of a shift is to get a player that's going to hit the other right. way. Right? If they're going to shift, then, then hit where they're not. Right. Um, and you, you don't see athletes doing that or you don't see baseball players doing that, again, because I think the agents are trying to sell the, the home runs and the, the pitchers you know, on strikeouts. And so um, I, I don't know which direction we'll go. I, I truly believe that, you know, there's – I think you always have to be open to change. But I think in the college game right now, we're tinkering with so many things. Uh, and the, the thing that's so much different this year is 
you know, we, we've been, I say experimenting, it's been a rule that you have 20 seconds to deliver a pitch, right. and, and there's some good things there. But what they've done now is if you step off one time during a, a bat by a given hitter, that's your one reset, and you can't step off again. And so if you make a move towards the base control of the running game, you have to pick off. Well, the, the game, you can't dictate the game. Right. That's what's so great about athletics. Every game is different. That's why you play the game. And, like, I literally see things every single week that I've never seen in my life in a game. And so how can you sit there and make rules that are going to dictate, you know, the, the, the speed of the game or, or how you actually play and try to control runners? And so I think we have to be careful of, of what we're trying to regulate. Um, I, I hope that, that we don't get overregulated. Right, I hope I we just have athletes that make adjustments. The beauty of baseball to me is that there is no time limit. So the idea of speeding it up makes no sense to me at all. I understand wanting guys to pitch the ball. You don't want people to fall asleep. But other than that, it makes no sense to – why are we in a hurry? You I know got how, somewhere to be? I know how to speed it up. I mean, it's very simple. You bring any team here in March that wants to play us, we're not, <laughs> gonna, we're not messing That's around. That's a two-hour game in it. Yeah. We are not messing around. We'll get it done. You know, you take good players wherever you can find them, but you've got a heavy emphasis – uh, homegrown guys, uh, Illinois guys. Talk about uh, your philosophy there and the state of Illinois high school baseball. Well, the state of Illinois baseball has been very good historically. And you look at the number of draft picks, the number of uh, you know, Division One players that are very, very successful. It, it's a fertile state. And we need to do a good job within our state to try to do everything we can to keep the best players home. Uh, the, the, that's number one, first and foremost. The, the other portion of that, and this, this, may sound, um, this may sound like I'm going the opposite direction, but I also like to get some guys from out of state that don't know anything about the University of Illinois. I think sometimes you get players that their sole goal was to go play baseball at the University of Illinois, and so when they get here, some guys are comfortable and complacent almost because that was their goal. I want guys that want to come in here and, and play at the highest level and win championships. Those are the guys you want. And so to, to get that sprinkling of guys that don't know anything about the program, that have that hunger and, and really will push guys, come from different parts of the country, experience different things, I think that's healthy also. But uh, we'll usually, if, if things go well and you can get the best players, we're going to have the majority of our guys in state. Dan Hartlib beginning his 33rd year on the staff, his 18th as head coach native of Hamilton, Ohio. Sorry about the Bengals. Tough day yesterday. It was. It was a tough day. The worst part about it is we've we got a Chiefs a fan here, I see, though, or a couple of them anyway. And Brad Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the worst part about it is during practice tomorrow I have to wear a Chiefs shirt because we have a Chiefs fan on our team. So oh, okay. He was supposed to be wearing a Bengals sweatshirt tomorrow. Is, but uh, is he going to be in the starting lineup on the season opener? <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Well, Dan, we appreciate your time. Always good to catch up with you. We'll do it again, hopefully, if we can find a date uh, during your busy season to have you on again. Sounds great. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and, uh, you know, continue to support uh, everyone come out to the games. Uh, you know, you look at what the other coaches have done with uh, you know, football, both basketballs. Uh, there's a lot of fun things going on in our department, and I think it's going to continue to – you know, head at a, at a uh, you know, trajectory that we're all going to enjoy. That's a lot of baseball coach Thanks, Dan Hartlip. We Thank appreciate you. his time. We'll take a break and 
Bob and I will talk things over as we continue here from the Esquire. Stay with us back after this on DWS. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip right here on News Talk 1400 93.9 FM. We are back at the Esquire, about 10 minutes left. We've released Matt Daniels from his assignment here to go to his next assignment. Right, he's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going on, no Correct. doubt, but he's heading back to the radio station to uh, work on the next show coming up, the... Uh, News Gazette Prep Basketball Hoops Report. Close enough. That's right. I'm, fa- I'm sure that's it. <laughs> I'm not actually sure. I, I didn't think you were either. No. We're at the Esquire, and Bob Osmos and I will bring it on home tonight. If you have any questions here, just let us know. Some baseball news today. If you're a Cardinals fan, I guess, or a Braves fan, the Cardinals finally got around to announcing... Actually, actually, the Cardinals didn't do it. The Bally Sports did it. They stole our announcer. Chip Carey will be the new TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Skip actually announced it last week himself, but uh, nobody in St. Louis confirmed it until today. So you uh, have listened to him certainly much more than I have. Oh, Your yeah. thoughts? Every game, literally. Well, every win. So I only I tape the game, but they win, I watch. They lose, I don't watch. So for the last last. 15, 20 years, I've been in tune to him. I really like him. Loved his dad. His dad was on the air before him. He kind of started the whole TBS thing. We got a great story about his dad, who was um, interesting. I met him one time, did an interview with him before a football game. Now you're not I, talking about Harry. You're talking about Skip. Skip. And Harry, Skip, of course, is his grandfather. Right. I met him at times, too, too. But Skip, I talked to him about 15, 20 minutes I think he used a swear word every other word, it, but it was awesome. It was so friendly, for so nice. But I just really couldn't use all, almost any of it. But he's so nice, fun, so funny, except for the bad words. But it was really cool. Well, the I don't bro- think his, bro- his son does that. The broadcast dials between the first two Harry Carries couldn't be more far apart. Right, that's right. Skip was more laid back, kind of dry. Oh yeah. Uh, Harry was. You, everybody knows Harry. I guess Chip must be somewhere in between. Yes, that. he is very, but he's very good. But he's one of those guys that people complain about this. The ball gets hit pretty hard, and he always thinks it's a home run. But that's that's a lot of announcers. He they have got great analysts there. I assume the Braves have somebody in mind. But it's going to be hard because I'm just used to his voice. His voice is soothing. It reminds me of the Braves, and it's going to be sad to see him during the Cardinal games. But good for the Cardinals. And he had some experience doing some Cub games for a while right. as well. Right, so And Kyle. actually was getting set to do a season with his grandfather when right. Harry died in 1998, I think, in that, that area. Right. They were going to do about 60 games for the Cubs. Yeah, really cool that they got to do that. And obviously, the, he's very similar to a great family of line of that. So good for the Cardinals. It's a broadcast family. He's got a brother who's also a broadcaster. He's got two sons, Chip does, twins. Yeah. That are in minor league baseball. Maybe they'll go to Atlanta. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Let's talk some Illinois football. Some of the mid-semester guys right. are here. And, uh, a lot started, of them are here. Starting to work. I think there's 12, 15 I of them. I think there's 15 guys. Yeah. They yeah. Introduced, introduced them at the last basketball game. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of cool. And I got to talk to both quarterbacks. So, again, guys that are going to have a chance to be really important this year. Uh We'll see what goes on. It looks like 
They've got uh, Luke's going to be the Luke Almar. It's going to be the he's going to be the heir apparent to Tommy DeVito. He seems likely to be the starter, but you never know. So they got a, a, a right family member, John Paddock, coming in from Ball State, where he was really good last year. We had a nice year. So there's competition there, which if I'm Brett Bielema, that is what I want. I want my quarterbacks not to not know today who the starter is in September. So we'll see. John Paddock's grandfather is great. Great grandfather is Bob Wright. Right. His grandfather is John, John Wright. Wright. And his uncle is John Wright Jr. Not Jr. Second. Two. John Two. John Two. John Two. And John Two. Uh, and, uh, and this guy looks so much like scary how much they look like. They actually sounded. Not in a bad way. Sounded a little bit like I, did, too I thought so talk. too, yeah. Of course, John Wright Sr. and John Wright Two were both the wide receivers. And, academic and all academic, Americans. Academic all Americans. Two times. Yep. And both really good players. And he comes from Ball State, where he was the starting quarterback right. this past season. Really good touchdown numbers, good yardage, couldn't run at all, and threw a lot of lot of picks. So he's probably not going to be a starter. But it's nice to have a guy that knows who he's doing to back up Lacalt Meyer if something happens. That's kind of the there. I think they're pretty well set up now. I think Illinois is in good position. We just got to see what other spots running back is critical. Some of those spots, but. But they're in pretty good shape right now. Well, the defense certainly got a boost with some guys deciding well, yes. to stick around for sure. Critical. And I think that defensive line is going to be one of the best in the country next year. Going into the year, often you said that at Illinois, but that's a pretty good big deal. And the coaching staff, they hired a outside linebackers right. coach over the weekend. And a short, shorter running back coach. So that's got to be coming, I would assume, any day now. I assume that coach was waiting on NFL stuff, well, that's almost done now. So it's really down to – I'm sure there's somebody he's got in mind. He probably want to do it all together, bring the two guys in. We'll see what happens. There are, some, names. There yeah. are some rumors out there that a familiar name to some, Thad Ward. Good guy. Might be coming back. Those have not been confirmed. Mayor of Liddyville. Yeah, he started the Liddyville right. slogan. And uh, we'll see what uh, what happens with that. But he uh, good guy. He was a running back coach for Lovey. If he came back here, that'd be a good thing. He's a good recruiter, a uh, good good uh, game day coach, and so they, you know, that'd be kind of neat. So what are you hearing about spring ball and what happens between now and then? These guys are working, as I mentioned, with Tank Wright right. in the weight room. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'll get started. I think spring ball starts, I believe, the week after uh, spring break. It's the Monday or Tuesday after spring break. Brett Moore said this the other day. I wasn't paying attention enough to remember. The, should have written down the date. I didn't. I think it's early April, maybe late March, probably late March. So we'll see. They got a lot of work to do, but they also got a nice base now. Think about where they were two years ago when Brett Bielema got here. Nobody thought this team could win really three or four years. They're, they're ahead of the curve. Now the goal has to be to do at least what they did last year or, or better, which would be. And this is probably the last year of division play. So if you're ever going to win the West, now's the time because after this year, there's probably not going to be an East and West in the Big Ten. Who do you like for Big Ten commissioner? Not that it matters who any of us like. Well, and there's not yeah, really that's much, right. There's not really much talk about the process at the moment. No, I, I think there will be a secret until they name the person. If they don't hire Jim Phillips, I'm disappointed. So that's my answer to that. I think he'd be the best person I think should have hired him last time. They didn't do that, but he's gone off and become a commissioner at a bigger, 
same similar size conference. Uh, I think Big Ten's better. I think it's home for him. So I think you could sell sell him on the idea of coming back. And I assume he's got so many ties at this this conference, this school, Chicago. It'd just be so easy. So I'd hire him. I wouldn't. Even You're think about assuming he would be interested in doing. I that. think he would be interested because I feel like I look at the landscape. I think the Big Ten is SEC are going to be better than everybody here going forward. Not not five years down the road, twenty years down the road, they're going to be the power conferences in college football. I think the ACC will do it a little, little bit. Maybe the ACC picks off a couple of schools. Maybe the Big Ten picks off, say North Carolina, Duke, whatever. Take some teams. So I think he should come here. One of the reasons he didn't get the job, at least was speculated the first time or the the last time, was they didn't want to take a sitting athletic director from within the Big Ten. So that's out the window now. And now he does have commissioner experience. It's it's, it's so easy to hire him. I just bring him back, right? I think he just jumped the choice. And I think everybody everybody in the conference right now would be happy with that. We're just about out of time. What are a couple of things you're working on this week? Mostly uh, basketball. I'll do the game tomorrow night. Do my buzz uh, buzzer beaters, and I got I'm going to Iowa with Scott on Friday, so it'll be great. Bob, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks to uh, Dan Hartlib as well for coming in. Of course, uh, Matt Daniels, and keep listening, and you'll hear some more with Matt Daniels and Joey Wagner coming up, uh, or Joey Wright rather, coming up on the uh, prep show, and then the Brad Underwood show. Tonight at 7 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond and Tamara McDaniel. Have a good night, everybody.